So the Gamecocks are apparently a player in the recruiting sweepstakes of Jaden Rashada. And when you take a closer look at this whole thing, it actually makes a lot of sense. Locked on Gamecocks, your daily podcast on the South Carolina Gamecocks. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, Gamecock Nation, and welcome back to the Locked On Gamecocks Podcast, your show for the latest headlines and potential storylines on South Carolina Gamecock Athletics. I'm Andrew Lyon, the host of this podcast and also the lead staff writer for Gamecocks Digest over on SI.com. Thank you for making Locked On Gamecocks your first listen every day. We are free and available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts daily. And I want to let you all know that today's show is brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook, the official sportsbook of the Locked On College Network. Make every moment more. Visit FanDuel.com slash Locked On today to get started. Before we get into today's show, if you're watching today's show on YouTube, just want to really quickly say very much apologize been some really bad technical difficulties with the website that I usually run my show on. Completely out of my control here. But by gosh, I'm not going to let technical difficulties stop me from having a show for you all here today. The show must go on, as they say. So without further ado, let's get on into this Friday edition of Locked on Gamecocks. Jaden Rashada and South Carolina being mentioned in the same sentence. Just a week ago, even Gamecock fans probably would not have expected this, but that is what is currently taking place. Now, if you do not know, Jaden Rashada is a national-level quarterback prospect who has been committed now on two separate occasions, once to the Miami Hurricanes and another time to the Florida Gators. And for differing reasons, neither one of these commitments stuck at the end of the day. So we're just a few days away from National Signing Day, and Jay Rashada finds himself currently without a future college home. So where are these rumblings of South Carolina being involved in Jay Rashada's recruitment coming from? Well, here's the thing. These are not rumblings. This is, in fact, true. As On3 Sports first reported, and Gamecocks Digest recruiting insider Fisher Brewer later confirmed through his own sources that South Carolina's coaching staff has indeed been in contact with Jaden Rashada. Now, it is unclear just as to how many times that they have talked to one another, what the extent of those conversations have been, but we can verify that South Carolina has been in conversations with Jaden Rashada. So, of course, this now means that South Carolina is involved with a group that includes schools like TCU and Arizona State and a couple of other programs who are in pursuit of this blue chip prospect. And here's the thing. When you think about Jaden Rashada potentially coming to South Carolina, the move would actually make a lot of sense for Rashada for a couple of different reasons. Firstly, it's pretty clear up to this point in his recruitment that Jaden Rashada likes the idea of potentially playing in the SEC because when he originally made his first commitment this past summer to the Miami Hurricanes, four of his other five finalists were SEC schools, which were Texas A&M, Ole Miss, Florida, and LSU. And when you look at all these finalists now, they've all got sort of their own issues that may prevent them from being a serious contender here for Jane Rashada at this point. Texas A&M is a whole mess right now, and Jimbo Fisher very well could be coaching for his job in 2023. So needless to say, it's not a whole lot of stability going on right now in Aggieland. 
Ole Miss has three quarterbacks on their roster, and Jackson Dart, Walker Howard, and Spencer Sanders, all of which have started a plethora of games at the college level or have an endless amount of potential in terms of being a future Power 5 starting quarterback if you're Walker Howard. With LSU, they returned starting quarterback Jaden Daniels, who led them to the SEC title game last year, and they also are returning four other quarterbacks who are going into either their second or third year at LSU. Garrett Nussmeyer, who looks to be the future in the Bayou, is a part of that group. And of course, Florida and Miami, they're not going to get Jaden Rashada for pretty obvious reasons at this point. So, that's the first reason. Now, to get into my next two reasons why Jane Rashada going to South Carolina would make a lot of sense here. I'm going to go over two quick excerpts from a 24-7 sports scouting report on Jane Rashada that was done by national recruiting analyst for 24-7 sports, Chris Singletary. Here's the first one. Quote, Rashada stands tall in the pocket with the mobility to avoid the rush and buy time to make plays under pressure. Poised and does a nice job making plays off-platform. Mechanically displays a smooth, effortless throwing motion. Gets the ball out quickly. Now, when I say all of that, which college quarterback does this sound like? This sounds exactly like South Carolina starting quarterback Spencer Rattler. What better way for Jaden Rashada to develop as a true freshman in college then coming to South Carolina, learning under a quarterback in Spencer Rattler, who both has a similar skill set to Rashada, he's been around the block at the collegiate level, and Spencer Rattler himself has also endured his own different hardships in his college football career. Now, getting back to his scouting report, here's the second excerpt that I took away from Chris Singletary's summary of Jane Rashada's game. Quote, Continued development should foster growth in his ability to go through his progressions and understand pre-snap what coverage the defense is in so that he can get the ball out quicker than he already does. Well, if Jane Rashada were to come to Columbia, he could learn about how to read defenses pre-snap and how to go through his progressions from an offensive coordinator in Dow Loggins that has 16 years of NFL experience nine of which were spent as a play caller at the highest level of football. When you take all of these things into consideration, Jaden Rashada going to South Carolina makes a lot more sense than probably any national analyst would give credence to. So now that we've gone over why a commitment to South Carolina would make sense for Jaden Rashada, What's the likelihood that it could happen? Well, here's the thing. For South Carolina, it's all going to depend on when Jaden Rashada decides to sign his national letter of intent. Because if Jaden Rashada decides to sign on National Signing Day this next Wednesday, then the Gamecocks stand little to no chance here. But if Jaden Rashada decides to push his decision day back beyond National Signing Day, which you can do. There's a great misconception out there that you have to sign on National Signing Day. You do not have to do this as a high school football prospect. And if Jay Rashad decides to indeed push his announcement back further, that would give South Carolina's coaching staff a chance to cultivate more of a relationship, continue to stay in contact with Jay Rashada, and maybe even get him on campus for a visit. 
which would be huge for this staff. So needless to say, there is some smoke to this fire. South Carolina is indeed in the game here for Jay and Rashada. They're going to need a couple of factors to play out a certain way. But if Jay and Rashada carries his decision out beyond National Signing Day, it could be a real interesting next couple of weeks or months for South Carolina's football program. Now, a different prospect from the 2023 recruiting class announced that he was staying home on Thursday afternoon, and that prospect happened to be Elijah Caldwell. What are the Gamecocks getting in Elijah Caldwell? We'll discuss that in just a couple of moments right here on Locked On Gamecocks. Today's show is brought to you by FanDuel. The NFL playoffs are here. We're really excited about our new sports betting partner for Locked On in FanDuel because they are the number one sports book in America. They have so many great features that make betting on sports both fun and easy. FanDuel has all of your favorite bets from the money line to point spreads all the way to player props. Plus, you can even combine your bets for a chance at a bigger payout with the same game parlay, all on an app that's safe, secure, and super easy to use. For the NFC Championship game between the San Francisco 49ers and Philadelphia Eagles, I'm going to take the Philadelphia Eagles to cover that 2.5 point spread that's in their favor. For the AFC Championship game between the Cincinnati Bengals and the Kansas City Chiefs, the Chiefs are favored by 1.5 points according to FanDuel Sportsbook. I'm going to pick the Cincinnati Bengals to both cover that spread and to win outright. So football fans, don't miss out. Place your first $5 bet to get $150 in free bets, win or lose, at FanDuel.com slash locked on. Make every moment more with FanDuel, the official sportsbook partner of the NFL. Welcome back to this Friday edition of the Locked On Gamecocks podcast, where we cover your South Carolina Gamecocks every single day. Thank you for making Locked On Gamecocks your first listen every day. Make sure you check out our brand new podcast, Locked On College Basketball, where you'll find everything you need to know about college basketball in just one place. Plus, hear from big name experts, insiders, coaches, and players. Locked On College Basketball, available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. So Elijah Caldwell announced his commitment to the South Carolina Gamecocks on Thursday afternoon. It is one that has been expected for, honestly, a couple of weeks now. And there really, truthfully, wasn't any doubt, at least on my end, coming into this announcement, that the Gamecocks were going to land this prospect out of Northwestern High School. And overall, Justin Stepp and this offensive coaching staff are getting a unique dual-threat wideout in Elijah Caldwell. Now, what do I mean by dual threat? Well, when it comes to wide receivers, we think of guys that are either yak receivers, basically guys that are involved in the short passing game, getting yards after the catch, or we think of deep pass catching threats, guys that can really be involved on shot plays, plays that are going to go far beyond the sticks. In the case of Elijah Caldwell, he can do both of these things at the wide receiver position. He can help an offense produce explosive plays in multiple different ways. Now, in terms of the best part of Elijah Caldwell's game, 
He excels at being able to reel in intermediate to deep passes, and he does this in a variety of ways. Firstly, he can beat defensive backs off of the line of scrimmage with his release. Now, Elisha Caldwell isn't necessarily a burner. He's not a guy that's going to beat his man on maybe every single play, but he is certainly somebody that cannot be underestimated in this aspect. And if a defensive back cannot get his hands on him early or he's not quick enough to react, then Elijah Caldwell can get a couple yards of cushion between him and his defender early on in the play. The second way in which Elijah Caldwell can be that big play threat deep down the field is his ability to use his hand-eye coordination to high-point passes, jump over defenders, and also survive contact when multiple defenders are in the area when he's coming back down to the turf. Now, in terms of his ability to affect the quick passing game, Northwestern High School's coaching staff clearly could tell that Elijah Caldwell possesses a different level of acceleration and ball carrier vision, especially on their roster that they had. And so... They utilized Elijah Caldwell on a bevy of tunnel screens this past season where both of these skills really were brought to the forefront and it created a lot of explosive plays on simple screen passes, hence where that dual threat ability comes in, where he can really affect the short passing game and the deep part of the field as well. Now, in terms of what the most underrated part of Caldwell's game is, I think that Elijah may not get enough credit for his awareness of his position relative to the sideline or out-of-bounds area of the field. And because of this awareness, Elijah is a much tougher matchup against opposing defensive backs when it comes to him running certain routes that are meant to be run outside the numbers and near the sidelines. Routes like hitch routes, comeback routes, or out routes. Overall, Elijah is a problem at all three levels of the field, both horizontally and vertically. And the thing is, you rarely find a high school wide receiver that has these kind of tools when they are going on to play college football. Now, in terms of how Elijah Caldwell will help the Gamecocks, he is going to be, as I would term it, a moldable piece of clay that Coach Step can work with over the next few years and can really develop. And if Caldwell is able to develop in a linear trend, if he's able to consistently progress year after year, I could see where he could become a number one wide receiver for South Carolina and a multi-year starter. I think that he's got that much potential. Do not let his three-star rating, depending on which recruiting service website you look at, fool you. And here's the other thing. When you look at the rest of this wide receiver group, you add Elijah Caldwell alongside other high potential wideouts like Landon Sampson, Kyla Corden, and Kelton Henderson, you are starting to see the South Carolina Gamecocks coaching staff on the offensive side of the ball build a young core of guys who have a combination of good athleticism, solid ball skills, and playmaking ability. I've said before, South Carolina has leaned very heavily on the veterans that they inherited when this coaching staff arrived here in Columbia, and also getting receivers out of the transfer portal. But the Gamecocks really need to start attacking the high school ranks a lot more in terms of trying to reload the wide receiver position, or else they were going to find themselves in a pickle before they knew it. 
And it clearly seems like that this coaching staff has recognized this. And that was part of the reason why they pursued Elijah Caldwell so heavily in the past few weeks once they offered him back on January the 6th. So Elijah Caldwell, needless to say, helps in this aspect. And the Gamecock coaching staff have plenty more targets at this position that they are heavily in the game for in 2024. Welcome back to this Friday edition of the Locked On Gamecocks podcast where we cover your team every single day in just 30 minutes. South Carolina has had a fantastic week on the recruiting trail, landing the top in-state prospect for South Carolina from the 2024 class in Camp Pringle on Sunday. They then turned around and landed one of the best tight ends in the country for the 2024 recruiting class in Michael Smith on Tuesday. And of course, as we just talked about, got Elijah Caldwell on Thursday. And now, South Carolina could potentially be seeing another prospect add it to their 2024 recruiting class as linebacker Wendell Gregory is set to announce his commitment later this afternoon. It was officially reported by Phil Cornblue to Sports Talk Media Network sometime yesterday that he is going to be posting his commitment on social media at 4.30 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Now the perceived finalists here for Wendell Gregory's recruitment are South Carolina and Tennessee. But in terms of how I think this recruitment is going to end when Wendell Gregory announces his commitment, I believe that he is going to be a Gamecock at the end of the day. Because here's the thing, Wendell Gregory has already been chiming in on other Gamecock targets committing on Twitter earlier this week. He's also visited South Carolina on four different occasions, most recently this past weekend for South Carolina's Junior Day event. Those four visits being the most out of any school that has offered him at this point. So it seems more than likely that Wendell Gregory is going to be a Gamecock at the end of the day. So let's say hypothetically speaking, he does wind up committing to South Carolina. What would be the significance of his pledge? Well, firstly, Wendell Gregory would give South Carolina a linebacker that could be more of that coverage backer and not someone who was primarily playing with a downhill play style, which I've talked about before with some of South Carolina's current linebackers. Guys like Debo Williams, guys like Stone Blanton, someone like even a Grayson Pup Howard. Most of the linebackers that South Carolina currently has are guys that are usually going up the field right towards the quarterback, which is not a bad thing. But the thing is, in today's age of college football, in today's age of football, period, you have to have linebackers that have the ability to sit back in coverage against these pass-heavy offenses. And Wendell Gregory would offer that to South Carolina. Being someone that has a lot of sheer strength, has good size and wingspan, has solid speed, he has also great awareness in terms of short passing plays and being able to read the eyes of the quarterback and telegraph where a pass may be going. He did a really good job in those aspects playing in coverage for Walton High School this past season. And this is something that he would bring to the field should he go to South Carolina. Now, another reason why this pledge would be significant is Wendell Gregory's commitment would help divide South Carolina's linebacker room a little bit more in terms of 
remaining eligibility for the players on the roster. Starting in 2024, if the roster were to remain the exact same as it's currently situated, Bam Martin Scott would have one year left. Debo Williams, Stone Blanton, Donovan Westmoreland, and Mohamed Kaba would all have two years left of eligibility. Jerron Willis would have three years left to play two. Grayson Howard, likely, would have four years left to play three. And Wendell Gregory would have five years left to play four. This situation is quite comparable to what South Carolina did with a tight end room this offseason. Getting guys like Trey Knox, who only have one year of eligibility remaining, and then Joshua Simon, who has two years left of eligibility. Nick Elksness from Florida has three years left of eligibility. And then everyone else in that tight end room has five years to play four. It's the exact same way that they have tried to set up the linebacker room. And what this says is that South Carolina's coaching staff understands the importance of maintaining a balance of both solid, experienced veterans on your team, while also having some younger talent to be able to mold and develop at the same time. It's never a good thing where your team is just completely full of veterans, but doesn't have a bunch of young guys that are preparing to take over those spots when those vets end up walking out the door. It's also, subsequently, not good to have a team full of young bucks when you don't have those wily vets that can help bring them along, help them develop at a more efficient rate, and not have them basically be thrown to the fire pit early on in their football careers. This coaching staff seems to recognize this, and it shows through the way that they have recruited both the linebacker room and also the tight end room earlier on this offseason. So Wendell Gregory, if he comes to South Carolina, would offer a skill set that best suits him being back in coverage, something that the Gamecocks are lacking a little bit right now, and would also help to give them more youth in this linebacker room. But with that being said, y'all, that's going to do it for today's show of the Locked On Gamecocks podcast. I hope that y'all thoroughly enjoyed today's show, as always. So what are your thoughts on Jaden Rashada and South Carolina's coaching staff being in contact with one another? And whether or not a move to South Carolina makes sense for Jaden Rashada? What are your thoughts on Elijah Caldwell's commitment and what he brings to the football field? And lastly, do you think Wendell Gregory will end up a Gamecock at the end of the day? Let me know your thoughts down below in the comments section. If you're watching today's show on YouTube or shoot me a direct message at a line underscore SC on Twitter. And I'll try to respond to your messages as quickly as I see them. And of course, don't forget to make Locked On College Basketball your second listen or watch. Now that you have watched or listened to the Locked On Gamecocks podcast. Once again, y'all, that does it for me on today's show. Have a great rest of your Friday and a fantastic start to the weekend. And I will catch y'all on the next show of the Locked On Gamecocks podcast.